Are you tired of using subpar fertilizer that don't give your crops the boost they need? Look no further than Irish Shite, the all-natural and sustainable solution for your farm. Made from the finest blend of Irish animal waste, Irish Shite provides essential nutrients for your crops to thrive. And it's not just good for your crops, it's also good for your skin. With Irish Shite, you'll look 10 years younger. So why settle for less? Choose Irish Shite. It's made right here in Ireland. And be sure to tell your friends and fellow farmers about the power of Irish manure. This message has been brought to you by the Irish Shite Association, the natural choice for a sustainable farm. Right. Are we ready? Here we go. Okay, yeah. I'm recording. Should I count how many episodes of TV I've done? Is that really well, that feels like an unseemly I, thing to do? I'm used to being the underdog on this podcast, so, you know... <laughs> The more excessively outlandish the number, the better. Well, the quality's really dipped on a lot of them. But I have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Oh my god. Twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one. Glasgow Girls. So 28 TV 28, episodes. Yeah, oh, my right. God, Joe. Wow. But, Will, a lot of them, you have to understand, very bad. <laughs> very bad. <laughs> Can't relate. You pompous scumbag fuckface dickhead asshole. Fuck you. Yeah, that's my message for you. Fuck you and kiss my ass. You are stupid you have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. You shit-kicking, stinky, horse-smelling motherfucker, you! You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Hello, and welcome to The Best Bits, a movie podcast where each week we pick our favorite scenes from randomly selected, weirdly specific themes. This is your co-host, Kevin, a writer of one and a bit films and you three and a bit suck. episodes of TV. And I'm joined, for the very first time, by my co-host of four films, two TV movies, and 28 episodes of TV, Joe Barton. Hi, Kevin. Oh, hey, Joe. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's so good to have Kevin. you on the podcast. It's such a step up from what we're what's, used to. What's going on here? Because this episode is about <laughs> sequel reboots, I've rebooted the podcast. So, new season, new co-host, and I'm sorry to break it to you. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just get my coat. Um, sorry, Will, there's been some changes around here. Oh, <laughs> Your, your voice is so much more gravelly than mine as well, Joe. Oh, God, well, listen. Nah, listen, I'll hang around. H- Hello, Joe. How are you? Hi, Will. I'm good, thanks, man. How are you? I'm very good. So nice to have you on the show. We have just thrown Joe into the deep end, and he's probably wondering what the fuck is going on. But uh, this is par for the course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's part of the course. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I'm, listen, I'm excited to be your permanent co-host. I assume that's <laughs> we're going to continue this this bit. For... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we need the clout. I mean, I just called out there. You four films, two TV movies, and 28 episodes of TV. Joe, are you happy? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> not for a long time. Um, oh my I'm happy God. with some of it. Yeah, you know, occasionally I feel something. I guess so. This week, we are doing sequels and sequel reboots. So we're mashing them together. So Joe is going to uh, give us his pick um, for his favorite sequel scene. Because, Joe, for anybody listening at home who don't know what those four films, two TV movies and 28 episodes of TV are about, you're also, at the moment, working on the Batman spinoff, which I guess we can spin it as a sequel, because they are rebooting the Batman, aren't they, with Matt Reeves? Yeah, that's a reboot. I don't know if the thing I'm doing would technically actually be a a sequel. I'm sort of stuck because I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it. You can say whatever you want, Joe, (laughs) because the more clout we can get, the better. I'll just vaguely explain what the uh, plot of episode one is. Um, no, I don't. I don't know if it would count as a, as a sequel, but it's definitely it's it's reboot adjacent. But you're also working on uh, a Cloverfield sequel. Yes, and you can say whatever you want about that as well. JJ <laughs> Abrams is notoriously <laughs> likes doesn't like to keep things mysterious. Um, yeah, I am. I'm doing. I'm writing a 
uh, Cloverfield sequel. Um, therein ends what I'm allowed to tell you about it. <laughs> I think. But yeah, I'm doing it. I'm writing it. Are we ever going to find out what Cloverfield means? I'm just hoping this is a. I'm hoping this is a prequel in which we finally see the clover field or the field of clovers. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it in Ireland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cloverfield is was from the um, the name of the road, the street. I think wasn't it? That's where they they got that that word from. Because I think the bad robot offices is on like Cloverfield Avenue or something in in LA. Have you been, obviously, I suppose you're, the pandemic has sort of limited things, but have you been to Bad Robot's offices? I have. I have been. They're amazing. They're absolutely mad, isn't it? They, like, it's like... Um, Will, have you been to Bad Robot's offices? Yeah, yeah listen, uh, you know, I, I've been to a lot of places <laughs> and um, I like to go to Good Robot's offices. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I just looked at Hard Bot's offices. Robots. This dungeon in your basement is not yeah. my office. Oh, shut up, Podbot. I didn't mean to <laughs> introduce you. Oh and yeah, yeah, no, it was amazing. You know, I was so used to sort of dossing around Soho, and you're meeting people basically on a bench in uh, a shared yeah. office space, which is in a hallway. And then you go to um, you go to Bad Robots, and it's like fucking hell. They've got people just yeah. doing arts and crafts, people making T-shirts just for the sake of being creative. And uh, yeah, unbelievable. They've got like little doodle pads. Like when you sit down in the reception, there's like these little pads like in front of you, like pens and paper, and there's like they encourage you to do something creative i like doodle so i always thought it, wow yeah which i didn't because you know copyright they would own whatever you doodle and turn it into a, a free film franchise or something <laughs> but yeah it's it's funny it's like a sort of one giant like breakout space it's very sort of um it's like a startup company but very successful yeah like a silicon valley startup company yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so to segue into this week's topic what would be your favorite jj sequel joe <laughs> um oh shit man what's he what has he done he's done star star trek and star wars has he done, done any other ones he's done mission impossible yeah mission impossible shit. Mission, the mission impossible one was was really good actually wasn't it i mean it was almost like do you know who was in that the guy that was on okay. my street when i uh was growing up jonathan rice myers he lived about three doors down from me and yeah and he became a really successful actor really quickly like I think he was about seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, and, he um, he's a few years eyes. a few years older than me, and I thought, well, that's it, that's me fucked, because he's taken all the good luck out of the terrace. There's no way that I'm going to get to work in film when he's off doing movies with Ang Lee. And do you um, think only one successful person can come from one street? Is that like a? Um, I don't anymore, seeing as I'm so successful. But at the time, I thought mm-hmm. it's lightning doesn't strike the same place twice, and. Uh, and I, I have a, I have always had a, a counter philosophy, which is like a rising tide raises all boats. And I kind of go, oh, wow, that means if the guy down the road can do it, maybe I could do it too. You never know. Yeah, I can't act. So, um, I was oh, stuck well, okay. Oh, okay. I thought that was a good film. It definitely rebooted that franchise. The only way you're going to get what you want is for you to. You think I'm playing? You think I'm playing? You don't think I'll do it? Where is it? Where the hell is it? Look at me. Where the hell is it? Stay with Seven! Seven! I'm going to kill you. I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. Eight! Please. Don't do this. Just let it go. I promise you. I promise you. I can figure out how to get whatever Nine. you want. Nine! Listen to me, listen to me. I want to help you. I want to help you get whatever you want. But you got to do what's right. What you know is right. No. 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 But I was curious, you know, seeing as, Joe, you're in that space of obviously thinking about how do you bring something new to this, knowing that there's a long legacy of um, ideas and approaches to characters and to uh, worlds Mm. and scenarios and stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, like, I mean, fundamentally, I, I, I think you have to come at it from a place of just what's the best story you can tell sort of more than anything. I think the pressure, 
And I think the, the, the thing that sort of trips up some sequels, not the Godfather, I mean, Godfather Part 2 is interesting because it is a direct sort of continuation of, of, of the first story. But I think sometimes you see that the, the problem with, with sequels is that they sort of try and cram too many of the elements from the first movie into it. And, and it's this sort of struggle between, like, why would you organically tell this story anyway? Like, there's, there's these different sort of factors that you're like, one, you just want to tell an interesting and compelling story but the other one is you have these existing puzzle pieces to to play with and get in and i, I and sometimes the, the you know the challenge is fitting in stuff that people expect from the from the film they've seen because it's essentially like that part of the reason why why you make a sequel and why people come to a sequel is because they like something that already exists and want to see bits of that but they also want it in a sort of new interpretation and uh, something that can sort of stand stand on its own but i think you know it has to just be about like is this a good enough story to exist on its own if the first film or whatever had never happened would you still be would you still be able to watch this yeah and, and enjoy it i suppose it's that thing isn't it? is whether you are um elevating the first story or whether you're taking the 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 characters from the first story in a new direction mm. there's like um because the sequels for me that don't really feel as um compelling are like the die hard 2 ones where for whatever people think of that film like how exciting it is or whatever the fact that they had to bring back almost every single person that had a speaking part from the first yeah. film and shoehorn them in where you had uh, the wife and the reporter on the same plane together it just felt very contrived like bringing all those elements back in order to sort of um, to uh, appease the audience of the first film. For me, um, you know, you, you can't overlook Empire because what Empire did is just like one of the great TV show. Uh, the, oh, okay, I'll clarify. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Kevin, that is why you fail. Because it literally gave you, it, it inverted everything and inverted the structure and it gave you this amazing twist. But what I love about it is that instead of ending with a big space battle, it starts with a, with a, a spaceship battle, but on the planet of Hoth and, um, and gets smaller and smaller, especially when it goes into the second half and really, um, you know, ends up with just a face off between two characters and one of the most amazing twists. And that really, truly was just bold. It wasn't rehashing the first thing, it, it, the first film. It was just expanding upon it. And as Joe was just elaborating, like, you know, telling a, a, a compelling, uh, n- the next the compelling part of that story. So for me, that's like one of the best sequels I can imagine. I remember reading an interview with Josh Whedon where he said that Empire doesn't work as a film because it's so open-ended and that it's more of an installment um, in an overarching story. Eight-year-old me would have agreed with him. Yeah, I suppose when you're having to wait a few years. And especially if you hadn't seen A New Hope and if your first Star Wars film is episode five and you are, have waited your entire life to see a Star Wars <laughs> film and you put on Emperor Strikes Back going, okay, there's Luke Skywalker, I know that action figure. And you end up going, what, Luke's a bad guy and he loses? Oh my God. And um, Turn it off. <laughs> but, uh, I was very conflicted <laughs> by that film. But it's a challenging thing, Joe, like... When you're carrying, you're carrying all of these things in your head. You're carrying, you're, you're carrying the legacy of the fan expectation, and you know the, you know the countless, uh, yeah, the countless amount of things. But the, as you were saying, it's the importance is trying to tell that story, that good story amongst all of this. And I suppose that's the priority, isn't it? To try and just tell a, a really good story on its own. Hundred percent. I mean that that's that that's all. I mean that is pressure. You know, if you if you boil it all down, that has that has to be what it is. And I, I think like it's interesting, like thinking about Empire and 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 sort of sequels that feel like they are a, like because I, I think I mean, that's like yeah, especially you would say like that the, there's sort of the, the Godfather as well and Star Wars. They feel like they do feel like well trilogies, and mm-hmm. they, they feel like that's a story that 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 arches over. And, and I can't remember if they were always that was always the plan or or not with them but they they feel like they sort of they've been engineered to do that and i think sometimes it's that can be i think helpful because you're 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 almost just like telling another another chapter of the story or you're you're sort of continuing there's stuff like i mean i always mean like pirates of the caribbean is like an example of like tricky sequels like and they they and that had like a really great first film that i don't think maybe they didn't necessarily 
think it was going to like go on and do more. But Dude, then, well, my worst experience at the cinema was going to see was it Dead Man's Chest was the second part of the Caribbean movie yeah, and yeah. Superman Returns and I saw them in like a double feature and oh, I wow. just wanted to I just wanted oh. to um <laughs> to not exist anymore in that space watching those films uh but you know keep it light films are fun <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to exist. I wanted to kill myself because I hated Pirates of the Caribbean so much. Um, oh, God, but, look, but that's it. Like they bring, like they bring back so many things from the first film that that they don't need to. Like it's almost like they have bought like they, these two like British guards that that have like a five minute cameo in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and they come back, and everyone comes back, and it's like I think that's like that thing of like we don't really know what made the first one really good mm-hmm. so we'll just bring, bring everything. everything back yeah. <laughs> yeah it all has to be there instead yeah. of, instead of saying okay take the things that we really need for our story to to to, to a, a good let's focus on telling a good story use the components we only need and mm. bring new things to it that's i think an essential yeah. thing add something new i guess the eternal debate when it comes to sequels is for great scenes is could that scene exist on its own or do you need the knowledge of the first film to uh, elevate that scene past the point of it being um, just a great scene, but being like an amazing moment, like Wrath of Khan, mm. that great sequel in Star Trek. And you've got William Shatner screaming. Khan! Like if you weren't aware of the, the backstory with that character, would that moment have landed as, as hard as it did? I wasn't aware of the backstory when I, uh, all several times I watched it when I was a kid, and uh, it worked for you me. Call yourself a Star Trek fan? Yeah, oh I, my god. Well, I only watched the original Star Trek series for the first time this past years when pandemic started, and I loved it. The pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a highlight of my life. Absolutely. So I asked on Twitter, mm-hmm. asked people what their favorite sequels were, and I'm pretty sure that if we were to like be. Um, straight down the line and uh, uh, vote with our head instead of our heart, we'd probably all go with The Godfather Part 2. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. But mm-hmm. I asked on Twitter, as I said, and some of the titles that came back at me, flooding back at me, some of them surprised me. And I've not seen this one, but it came up multiple times, and it's Kung Fu Panda 2. <laughs> you, you, both of you guys have kids. Have either of you seen it? I've not seen that either. Jeez, I've seen it. No. I've seen it, but I cannot remember. There we go. We can edit this out. Podbot, edit that out. No, it's a great movie with a great villain, so I am keeping it in. How did you? How did you do it? How did you find peace? I took away your parents. Everything. I I scarred you for life. See, that's the thing, Shen. Scars heal. No, they don't. Wounds heal. Oh, yeah. What do scars do? They fade, I guess? I don't care what scars do. You should, Shen. You gotta let go of that stuff from the past, because it just doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what you choose to be now. Next. Um, Bill and Ted, Bogus Journey. Yeah. The the one where the first one was a time travel movie and the second one, they deal with heaven and hell. So it's like they took a totally different story, but they plugged in the same characters and it, it you know, they didn't Is do it- like Back to the Future 2 where it's, it's another time travel. Um, well, I suppose with that one, that's the entire point of the, this, the franchise. But yeah, it was an interesting way to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, li- I liked how they introduced time travel into the second Back, back to the Future movie. <laughs> Oh God! I said on a previous podcast that uh, that was one of the first times in the cinema where I thought, like, is that it? That oh. can't be the ending of the film. It just oh, stopped. Yeah. How does it end? It uh, Marty gets a letter delivered to him that's from um, eighteen eighteen eighty five. It's a hundred years. Eighteen eighty five. Yeah, yeah. Did and then they played a trailer to the part. The did movie. they film those two at the same time? Two and mm-hmm. three. They did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's one of the few like times. with one of the greatest sequels ever made, Superman Two. Never heard of it. Superman Two: The Adventure Continues with the three villains from Krypton. The world 
is on the brink of destruction. Superman, can you hear me? And Metropolis is in ruins. Is there no one on this planet to even challenge me? Superman! The adventure continues in Superman 2. R.I.P. Richard Donner. Yeah, I suppose it's a good moment to um, acknowledge his passing. Kick it. Adam's Family Values. Oh, yeah, that's good. Which, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gremlins 2. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Some people really don't like that sequel because it is undermining the first one. But I think it's brilliant. I think it's a, such a great way to take the anarchic spirit of the Gremlins and plug that into the movie itself and yeah. make a really meta takedown of its own franchise. It's so mad. It's just so mad and wacky and truly a Looney Tunes cartoon. That's what it felt like. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you <laughs> should. Have you seen the first, you've seen the first Gremlins? I've seen the first one. Yeah, I've seen the first one. And you know, I've seen bits of the second one. I know I've seen bits of it, but I think it's just one of those ones that's passed me by. I haven't seen Rafa Pan either. I'm always amazed when people work in film and they just don't watch movies. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fast, but in no sense civilized. <laughs> yeah, truly, that's been me for the last since pandemic began. Like the amount of films I've you know been able to watch is just, just ridiculous, embarrassingly few. I just kept going to the cinema and there was nothing on. <laughs> <laughs> um, X Men: Days of Future Past, right? Which I think that's probably my favorite of the X Men films because it takes the original cast. Okay, and it mashes mm. them up with the um, reboot cast, and it does that really cool time travel riff, and I really liked it. So yes, Evil Dead Two, which is almost like a remake of the first one, yeah, or a reboot of the first one. It's pretty much a remake, isn't it? It pretty much is, but with better special effects. Uh, okay, and they just drop out some characters and um, mix it up. But it's where Evil Dead became what it is uh, in, in pop culture, that sort of wacky, um, over-the-top comedy horror. Tron Legacy, which that to me feels like it was the start of this whole Lego sequel thing that then came about with like Terminator Genesis and uh, Halloween 2018 and the Star Wars sequel trilogy, where you're bringing back a, a, a legacy character and you're throwing them into a new story where it's almost like a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. I But I, again, it's been a decade since I've seen it and I actually... Um, I love the soundtrack. I'm sorry, it's the soundtrack that's in my head, and um, yeah. I, the soundtrack just has stuck with me for a long time. And um, yeah, that's maybe main reason I think Daft I like that Punk. one. R.I.P. Just <laughs> moratorium. Oh my god, how many R.I.P.s are going to get in this one episode, Kevin? As many as possible. Oh my god, England's European Championship hopes. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that game. It's I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good. First 25 minutes ago. <laughs> Star Trek Generations. Right. Corporate is accelerating, Jordy. We've got to get out of here. Where they took the Next Generation cast and they mashed them up with some of the original cast. It's not a very good film, but I loved it. Warp Core is going critical. Did you really? I did, yeah, because uh, when did that come out? I must have been 13 or 14. And I had grown up on that uh, TV show. Separation complete. Engaging impulse engines. So to see them on the big screen, I loved it. But all those Next Generation movies, they don't really deliver on the promise of that cast. They sort of just focus on Picard and Data. 
it, it was an ensemble show and just more, more moments with the other cast. Why did you not give them other things to do other than just stand there and say, Report! Camp controls are offline! Yeah, they didn't live up to the heights of... You know, they should have just really hired William Shatner to direct more of those sequels. Oh, God. Um, Terminator 2 and Aliens obviously came up a bunch of times. We've talked about those films so many times. Let's get out of here. Fuck you, you little dipshit. But, Joe, when I asked you what your favorite scene was from a sequel, what did you think? Where did your head go? Other than like, oh, (laughs) Jesus. How did Kevin get my number? (laughs) fucking asking me this. Um, Well, no, I said, no, first I Googled. (laughs) To remind myself what sequels I've seen. That's what we do. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, so someone's at my door. Give, give me two seconds. Oh, awesome. Sorry, 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 sorry. This is why reboots don't work. Precisely, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you need to stick with the original formula. Precisely. You do. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to try and get Joe to tell us everything that's in his NDA. Um, right. And then we'll get written up in like Slash Film and like Deadline and oh my God, we'll triple our <laughs> listeners. And ends Joe's yeah. career at the same time. Sorry. Hi, Joe. Hi. <laughs> What's ending my career? Uh, I was just telling Will there, and don't worry, I'll cut this out, that Batman dies in the Matt Reeves movie, <laughs> um, which you were telling science. me about. Uh, yeah. Such yeah. a surprise. <laughs> in a really comical way. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. What are we talking about? Um, the best scene from a sequel that is influencing you with the Batman and the Cloverfield franchise. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really, it was really difficult. I, I, I sort of, I mean, I just went, you know, I started cycling through all the sort of sequels that had been important to me. And I realized like a lot of sequels that had been quite influential which is probably like quite a common thing, but a lot of them were just sort of from my childhood and they weren't necessarily even, it wasn't they were influential. I think it was just that they, they were, because you watch any old shit when you're, when you're young. And so, you, you know, might And you like any old shit when you're young. And you do, you like it. Your critical faculties are not, um, you know, firing on all cylinders. No. So the stuff I was, you know, and I was like, like the honest answer to the question is probably like the sequel that had the, the biggest effect on me, like for a large portion of my life was um, Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's a directed, it's a directed. I've not seen her. Have you, seen you the first? There's the dogs and the cat. And they were in the, and they... I know the franchise and I think I might've seen it. You know, when you're randomly picking up videos as a kid yeah. and I think it's one of those random videos I would have watched, but I've definitely seen the first one. So no, I would have been over in the horror section and getting pulled away from it. I'd be like, <laughs> picking those up. did Michael J. Fox play one of the animals? Michael J. Fox does. He voices chance, uh, yes. the American bulldog. I've seen it. And Sally Field voices a cat. Uh, Siamese cat called Sassy, and then someone else voices a lab, a Labrador, a Golden Retriever, something. It's actually a reboot of a of a silent Disney movie from the sixties. Anyway, this isn't even my pick, but I just I was thinking like, but probably the sequel that, that I watched the most in my life is probably this one, which is which is basically like a really cheap reboot, and they and it's the same story, but they go to San Francisco from Walt Disney Home Video. I'm gonna miss you so much. Left behind with family friends. Have a nice vacation. And far from their home. Three beloved pets take matters into their own paws. He's Shadow. Something doesn't smell right. She's Sassy. Cats rule and dogs drool. He's Chad. Get a life. Get nine of them. <laughs> now, they're determined to find their way back. I'm going home. Wait. They're off on an adventure they'll never forget. Oh, this ground isn't nearly soft enough. Don't be such a sissy, Sassy. It's an untamed world full of surprises. What's that smell? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! I never thought anything could smell too much. Hey, you. Where nothing comes easy. Hey, hey, Scram, get your own fish. Careful, Pop. Help! And danger waits at every turn. I gotta tell you, domesticated animals wouldn't stand a chance at you. Where the forces of nature will test their ability to survive. It will be an incredible journey home. Hey guys, wait up. Come on. Home is just over that mountain. Critics agree. Two thumbs up, says Siskel and Ebert. A masterpiece of family entertainment, says ABC TV. In the classic tradition of Walt Disney Entertainment comes Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. 
coming this fall on video cassette. It's really good. Well, I loved it. It's directed by a, a, a guy. He's dead now as well. R.I.P. Um, yeah. um, I can't remember his name. David R. Ellis. Thanks, Bud. <laughs> And he directed a really good sequel, um, Final Destination. He directed Final Destination 2, which is actually a really oh, good yeah, sequel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And that has the best, I think it has the best sequence in that whole series, which is totally. that highway crash. Yeah. You know, with big fucking logs that come out and it's like, oh, you know, yeah. anyway, the same same director of that. He also directed Shark Knight and Cellular, the 2006 wow. Chris Evans and Kim Basinger hostage movie. Didn't he also do Snakes on a Plane? That's right. Yeah, he might have done Snakes in the Plane, actually. That is a weird... Yeah, to go from an animated movie to... Not an animated um, movie. It's not an animated movie, films. Kevin. They were real Live animals. action. Yeah. Live action, mate. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. You tell him, Joe. I don't watch movies. <laughs> real dogs. Um, real snakes. But that was... And, and yeah, real snakes and um, and real logs. Um, but that was um, that was a big one for me. But that's not that was not my pick. I, I I was trying to think of. But what was the scene from it that you loved? What was the one that made you sort of go back to it? Ah, uh, it's hard. Well, it's really hard to pick an, any one scene from that film <laughs> because I can't really recall it too well. There is a scene where um, where the dogs get caught. Don't say humping. No, they get caught by they get caught. I'd <laughs> I give up, Bill. He's your problem. <laughs> um, they Delete get caught by some, mind. like... I'll pass on that. I want to say dog pound, and I was like, you're just going to make a joke about that as well. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a child. <laughs> they get caught by a dog catcher and then they get taken to and they and they meet up with a with a bunch of sort of stray dogs and, and um, I think they rescue someone from a fire at some point as well. Um, well, it's good that you remember so much about it. Listen, it was... Favorite sequel? It's not. I was just. I was taking you on the um on my you know journey to finding my eventual um answer, and that was the that was the first sequel that ever was really important in my life. But later on, actually, not even that much further uh, down the line, the, I think the, the 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 first time, like as a more sort of grown up person, that the sequel that I was the most invested and excited about was um i'm trying to get the title right. It's Jurassic Park. Is it the Lost World? The Lost World. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. Send rescue immediately. Taking dinosaurs off this island is the worst idea in history of bad ideas. Let's get this movable beast underway. Don't move! What is it? Mommy's very angry. Oh, God, I saw that on my own. And, mm-hmm. That's sad. It was sad. I couldn't get anyone to go with me. I couldn't get anyone to go see that movie. For some reason, the jump between the first one yeah. and the sequel, we'd all just aged out of it uh, so fast. What was Jonathan, really? what was Jonathan yeah. Reese Myers doing? He surely would have been interested. He just got on knock at his door. He's a lot <laughs> older than me. And, um, <laughs> I wasn't going to knock on his door and say, uh, Jonathan, can you take me to see Jurassic Park, The Lost World, please? Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. That's a really, it's a really cool pick. Well, I I was like, I was eight, I think, when the first Jurassic Park movie came out. It was like sort of perfect age. I watched it in the cinema and it was like, I mean, I always think Jurassic Park is like my Star Wars or my like, you know, really influential franchise. And I was so, I was like, so, so, so excited that there, that there was a, that there was a sequel. And it came out in like 1997 or something. So this was like... That was a big jump. It was quite a big jump, wasn't it? Yeah. Because um, the first one was 93 or something. That's, well, I don't know, like three or four years. Mm. But this was like before the internet, really, I think. Or I, maybe I didn't have it. But, like, you know, before when you can... Because now you can you find out so much about films and you can research them or whatever. And if you're excited about something, they'll release like teasers and photos of the cast and crew and stuff. But I was, there was sort of none, none of that. And I remember like getting... I remember finding a magazine. They released like a, a little magazine about the movie like i don't know like maybe six months before it came out and i just remember sort of pouring over this magazine it would just be like you know like unit stills or location shots or whatever you'd have like pete possible wait r.i.p um you know (laughs) you know he's there um and um you know you dan winston Dan Winston, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stegosaurus, R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. They're gone. Um, but then we have you know just photos and stuff, and trying to sort of 
looking at this magazine and trying to sort of extrapolate from it, like what this film would be about. And I read the Michael Crichton. Uh, yeah, 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 you're right. His yeah. book as well. Yeah, he in the Lost World, which is actually like he, quite a lot of it. They, they, they. Um, some scenes they taken f- for Jurassic Park, I think. Oh, I'm not sure actually. No way. Maybe. I'm yeah, they the jumbled them all up because they jumbled Spielberg them up. Yeah. Played fast and loose, or David Kep played fast and loose with that adaptation. Yeah, and, for the better, I think. And I think actually that's right. Yeah, the, I think Jurassic. I think Jurassic Park Two opens with a scene that was in the Jurassic Park book, with the little girl gets attacked oh. by the. Um, Pompies. Yeah. So I was like, Jenny was just trying to find out like as much information about this. I was like really obsessed, to, you know, wanted to know ev- everything about it. And there was that tagline, something has survived, which is a really cool, think, yeah. a really cool thing. So I was like, just in like a bit of excitement. I finally, finally got to see it. And like, it's, I think it's like, it's, I think it's considered like one of like a lesser Spielberg movie. Do you know what I mean? It's like one of that, I think it's like that and like Amistad is that sort of like late nineties era. And I don't think it's considered one of his like best movies, but I, 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 I mean, I loved. It. I think I would have loved it anyway. I was very, I was very. It's um, got a different tone to the first one. It's darker. Yeah, right? it has. It's got a much different tone. The, almost like the whole thing set at night. It's more violent. I think it is yeah. dark. I was just starting. Guy getting girl. ripped uh, in two by two different T Rexes. Yeah, pulled apart. Richard Schiff getting getting yeah pulled into and stuff and it's quite it is quite dark and it, and it looks different as well they filmed it in um i remember that being one of the only things that bothered me at the times so i think they filmed it in california they filmed the first one in hawaii when they were filming the first movie there was this massive like tropical storm which i think put shooting back by a few weeks and destroyed all the sets and stuff and i think partly because of that they like was you know let's not film in the same place again so they shot it in like california so they're not even that far away from la which is why if you look all the like a tree nerd like all the trees are really different like the actual foliage of the, 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 the it's set, set on a different island i guess but it looks very different i have that response to um the last crusade where they're on the, the bike chase yeah where are they coming from they're going to I vienna i think yeah and uh yeah. i'm like that's like where they shot a team it's like mm. the dusty roads yeah. and the dry foliage and expecting a forest fire any second and that is not the right topography. <laughs> that's, that's actually the wrong, that's the wrong foliage. <laughs> but it is true. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's, it's got that thing of like, it's kind of got a different vibe and a different sort of tone. Um, but I loved it, man. I still love it. I can still watch it. My kids are massively into Jurassic Park. So I've ended up sort of watching, um, watching it with them and watching all of the movies with them. And it's interesting seeing like the change in like tone and, visuals and gloss of the series as it goes along and in, in, into the sort of Jurassic World mm-hmm. era. Um but so anyway, I love that film. And my pick my my pick of the best don't scene tell me from it. it's going to be the gymnast scene where it's she the gym- <laughs> <I knew laughs> it. what's clever about that is that it is seeded very early that, that girl is in the yeah set up that she got cut from the gymnast team and then later on actually she is very good um at gymnastics. So that's it. No it's the um it's probably a really obvious one, but it's the trailer. It's the it's the trailer over yeah. the amazing, the scene, yeah. Which is, I just think it's one of the one of one of the. Well, I think it's like one of Spielberg's best set pieces. It, it, Definitely, it's, it's just phenomenal. This isn't hunting behavior, Ian. Not hunting. They're searching. They came for their infants. If you look at it, like if you take it from the whole beginning, like even even up to like before it's gone. So you got like after the T Rex attacks the trailer, and then they they go. And then Richard Schiff arrives in his car and there's so many different things going off that all end up paying off sort of one by one. You know, you've got, you've got, you've got Richard Schiff up on the top of the cliff with his car and he's trying to get the, trying to get the wire from his car around the tree trunk and it won't fit. He has to push it more. He finally gets it round. He has to throw the rope down the thing. There's loads of stuff that's going on and eventually it all amalgamates into this, into this sort of nightmarish scenario of of you know Richard Schiff getting eaten at the top and the trailer coming down with the car and 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 then the the, the bag coming and smashing the the window bit is the is the is the best bit of it when you have that slowly cracking glass on underneath Julianne Moore hang on this is gonna be bad when you think about the first Jurassic Park film and the introduction of the T-Rex the mm. fact that they were able to one-up it in the sequel, yeah. it's incredible. That, yeah. uh, for me, I, I think I was 12 when I saw Jurassic Park, and that to me also was like my Star Wars or my you know, franchise where I thought, that's it, come to Jesus moment has just happened. 
<laughs> but that was electric in the cinema. Hang on to something! Hang on to something! I'm, I'm delighted you picked that, that that scene. I think it actually is a, a really cool and well-executed scene. But I also think it's a scene that has been ripped off in other big franchise films over Ooh. and over again. Like, for instance, I definitely feel it in... Terminator... Was it Genesis? The one with the school bus is hanging yeah. over the side of the... We saw it in our, our one of our best bits from last season, uh, Mission Impossible Followed, you know, when Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill are kind of like dangling off the side of oh, the head. Yeah, yeah. It's like this horizontal um, things. But again, the first time I've ever seen that type of stunt or set piece was in uh, The Last World. Yeah. And it's one I, I, I like, I remember being bashed at the time when it immediately when it came out. And I, I watched it several times and thought, this is fun. This is kind of this is fun. What do you expect from a Jurassic Park film? Like you know, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, I like the third one as well. Uh, do you like the third one? Third no, one? I'm less hot on the third. I'm one. less. I think the the effects really it looks that's the ropiest looking one of all of the films. I feel if you look at you if you look so? at yeah. if you look at it now, I watched it on Blu-ray recently. With My the God, kids. have you seen Jurassic World and, and... oh, we're but that, that one looks those. more. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that oh one. God. The Jurassic World looks more. CGI, but it's impressive CGI. But I think Jurassic Park Three has like some dodgy, like even like the models don't look yeah. that great. Like the spinosaurus. I agree with Joe, Kevin. So, but that sequence where it's like pterodactyls walking across that misty bridge, oh, I loved it. Oh my God, what is it? It's a birdcage. For what? Amazing. It's, all right, yeah. Yeah. it's interesting that the Jurassic Park franchise, like it's such like a uh, talking of sequels and like have like, like there's a perfect example of like a film and a story that really was one and done in a way. Like you, it's so hard. The thing about Jurassic Park one was, you know, it, that idea of a theme park and dinosaurs together and a broken down theme park. And you were basically like a kid and it's the excitement of the first time you're seeing dinosaurs and the first time, you know, it's a really hard to, and I think they've, you know, it's been difficult to find stories that you can follow yeah. on from that because you're never going to recapture that original magic. And I almost think that's a series that I would ne- never, n- never usually a massive fan of just rebooting things. We always think like, I mean, maybe just reboot, just do it again. That was Jurassic World. <laughs> kind of is, yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of have a meta commentary. Yeah, but I thought that I liked that about it. The yeah. story itself, I thought, oh, that's clever. No, the park is actually open and functioning, but kids are bored of dinosaurs. They're just not that exciting anymore. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't really like the Indominus Rex that much. Oh, yeah. The I forgot about that. Purist. I, 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 lucky I don't bring in my seven year old right here because he's like, <laughs> he's all about Indominus Rex. We had a cold conversation oh, really? about dinosaurs yesterday, and Indominus Rex is number one. So, um, you should just tell him it's not uh, real, it doesn't exist. So, you lose the argument. <laughs> he knows that, <laughs> and he doesn't care. <laughs> he knows he doesn't care. Has he seen the um, Camp Cretaceous? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I, he's watched it, but he hasn't given me an opinion. He hasn't, he hasn't, I, uh, but I think. The fact that he hasn't gone back, he's like kind of, right. he's watching it without comment uh, okay. or not yeah. obsessively. So maybe that's its own thing. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's his comment. Yeah, that's <laughs> what the, Yeah, lack of, yeah, yeah. My, no, my kids love that. So there's like three series of it now. It's, it's all right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's not too bad, but. My kids yeah. hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Huey, Dewey and Louis, my God. I thought it would be right up their alley. Wow. <laughs> That was a great choice, by the way, uh, Joe. And it make, it's made me want to go back and watch Last World. My pick, right, because I picked something that was a se- kind of a sequel reboot, right? And it's kind of also, I'm picking it because it's something I should have brought up in the episode in season one for when I was talking about um, 
questionable scenes for kids. And I'm bringing up a film I saw when I was five in the cinema and it absolutely fucked with my head. Excuse my French. And it's um, from Return to Oz. Oh, to, yeah. Uh, oh the God. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> this summer, Walt Disney Pictures presents a motion picture fantasy adventure beyond your fondest imagination. You'll be transported miraculously back to the enchanted land of Oz, that magical kingdom beloved by young and old for generations. It's just a yellow brick. No, Belina, you don't understand. This was the yellow brick road. You'll share with Dorothy Gale the shock of finding everything mysteriously changed. What's happened to everybody? And you'll delight with her discovery of four wonderful new friends who band together against a wicked queen and the dreaded Gnome King. This is the Oz you haven't seen before. And this is the Oz you'll want to visit again and again. From Walt Disney Pictures comes a whole new world of entertainment. Why don't we just fly back to Kansas? Return to Oz. And again, it's kind of like Joe's story there. It's something I saw at the right age. And you don't really... Yeah, I had an awareness of The Wizard of Oz, but I don't think I'd seen The Wizard of Oz. I just kind of knew the story. And uh, and watching Return to Oz as a five-year-old in the cinema was effectively being taken to see a horror film. And <laughs> because you have... <laughs> Dor- Dorothy is not, has been taken. She's after her experience in, in the first film. She's been taken in. Uh, she's been trying to tell her her her, uh, her aunt and uncle about like you know this wonderful magical adventure she's been on, and they just send her to an awful psychiatric ward where she gets electric shock therapy, and she gets sent back to us, which also seems to be uh, under control of the same sort of a horrible sinister wardens and uh, Oz itself is also turned into this nightmarish place that she's experiencing in her own world and the scene I picked for that is when she first goes to Oz and she meets the Wheelers these horrific monstrous villains are run kind of rollerblades and they've got kind of like wheels for hands and stuff like that come here and it's just that whole sequence where she returns to Oz and everyone's all the citizens of Oz have turned to stone and it's just horrific but it's um for me what it does is it's it it takes the it spins this world in a whole in a whole different tone and into a whole different genre and it goes full horror which you know the first film you know had its horror moments they also shot that in england didn't they a lot of those sort of kids who shot in england around that time they're really yeah. glum and for some reason like willow is another one you just think mm-hmm. like i don't want to be in this world of course, made by Walter Murch. Uh, Walter Murch was co-wrote it and directed, who was the uh, famous editor and uh, whatnot. So that was my pick. You have to come out sooner or later. And when you do, we'll tear you into little pieces and throw you in the deadly desert. I haven't done anything to you. <laughs> I feel like that's a film that's coming back uh, in favor with people where i don't think it was liked at the time but no oh. people sort of view it as many people like the people like it just to sort of because people have people are, like will are, have grown up and are just ready to face the trauma of, mm-hmm. of seeing it as, as children. listen i am hanging on for when all the kids that saw grabbers age up <laughs> and then it becomes like oh that was my favorite film as a kid but yeah halloween 3 as well i don't know if that counts as a sequel or a reboot but that was one of those films that was really disliked at the time. And now it's considered to be the second best in that franchise to, to a lot of people. And I'd agree with them. Mm-hmm. Good pick. You've inspired me, Joe. No, because my, well, I have my real pick, but I'm going to mention what my other seminal sort of cinema moment was. And I saw Scream 2 Scream at the perfect three, huh? age. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? It's time, girlfriend. Don't you know history repeats itself? What am I supposed to do? If there is some freaked out psycho, they're probably already in your life. Okay, so you just want to sit here and, and wait to see who drops next? The way I see it, someone's out to make a sequel. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Ah! 
Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. How did we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Well, let's look at the suspects. Do you want to die tonight? When the first Scream came out, that was massive. That was such a fucking huge film that it relaunched all those sort of like 90 slasher films where I made about 20 or 30 sort of like copycats. But when the sequel was coming around, the anticipation building for that, where it was like the same cast, the same writer, the same director, the whole same creative team following up an exact year after the first one. And I don't think the film sticks the landing. The ending is a bit sort of muddled. But in terms of set pieces in that genre of like slasher movies, Scream 2 is just overflowing with them from like the opening with the cinema with um, Jada Pinkett to that really awesome moment where they get trapped in the backseat of a car and they have to climb out over Ghostface while he's unconscious. And the really amazing um, chase scene that happens with Courtney Cox in the um, college I remember the cinema just being electric where when she goes into the, the sound booth and she shuts the door and the whole screen goes black, the audience just screamed the house down <laughs> for no reason other than just like they didn't like that the screen had just gone black. In terms of sequels and ones that impacted me where I thought, I want to write stuff that plays the audience like a fiddle mm. where it's like Jurassic Park where you've got them eating out of your hands and Scream 2 where you've got a willing audience um, it played like gangbusters. They were so clever to have that scene in the cinema early on and sort of set up that the you know, the location that most people would have been watching the film in was, was unsafe. Yeah. And then later on, when they have the, when it goes to black and suddenly you are in a completely black auditorium, it's great. Yeah, and I love that it was so meta, where they brought Heather Graham to replay Drew Barrymore, where she's doing the, the Hollywood version mm. of the opening of the first film. I thought, this is so fun. This is, so cool. this is stuff that I would love to be writing, where it's just, it's playful and it's mischievous. You've inspired me there, Kevin, to um, revisit the Scream franchise because I've actually only... I saw Scream 1 uh, on video once and I went, oh yeah, that's cool. And I I know I've seen Scream 2 and Scream 3, Scream 3 in the cinema but have no memory of them. And maybe I was kind of a little bit older than you and a little bit um, more... Um, I don't know. It, jaded. It maybe a, t- a slight little bit more jaded when I when I saw this, but I want to revisit them. I think you needed to be right in the pocket for those films. Okay. I think if they hit at the sweet spot, but for me, the first two are great. I'm going to rewatch those. Fuck! I'll quickly tell you my pick, and then uh, I'll give Joe the chance to spin the wheel for Will. Oh, how do you like that, Joe? Oh, very excited. Okay. It is. But my pick, actually, when we're talking about sequel reboots and ones that blew my mind where I thought, this is so clever, and it is another Wes Craven movie, and it came just before Scream, mm-hmm. and it is the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's Wes Craven's new nightmare. Okay, and action. It's seven films later. The actors are assembled. Stop. The effects artists are hard at work. A little bit more blood. More blood. Wes Craven is making a new Nightmare on Elm Street. And cut! Print that, Gretchen! But this time, the world he's creating seems to be coming true. (laughs) He's decided to cross over. Freddy Krueger returns. Out of films, into our reality. And he wants more than revenge. Maybe you should tell me your dream. (laughs) Miss me. Life, Nancy. It's been giving me Freddy nightmares. Freddy? As in me. Is it a movie? How would you like to join us in the definitive nightmare? I thought you killed Freddy off. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. And it's the one where 
they take the whole mythology of the franchise and say that the movies are putting something an evil out into the world it's infecting people and it's bringing back this ancient entity which is taking the guise of the character from that franchise and it is uh, stalking and harassing and invading the life of the lead actress from the first film Everyone who ever believed Freddy's dead. Prepare yourselves for the real story. Wes Craven's the story. The story for a movie. New Nightmare. Feature maker. And uh, it's a film which I think doesn't get enough love. And at the time, I was like blown away by the fact that you could do that where you could just sort of go that deep that meta where it's a movie about the first movie and it is even rebooting scenes from the first movie where the tina death in the first one where she's like flopping all over the ceiling they do a a new version of that in the um in the sequel and i'm playing to the wrong crowd here because i can see both (laughs) i've never seen it Jaded for wow. listeners out there, West Craven's New Nightmare. Get on it; it's great. Oh, I'll 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 throw one more thing at you, Joe, to make you uncomfortable. What is your yeah. favorite Batman sequel? Batman Returns or The Dark Knight? Um, well, Batman, uh, probably The Dark Knight. I think I like. I mean, because uh, yeah, Batman Begins is just that just counts as as the as a new sort of franchise yeah probably the dark knight slash film did you hear that you can quote <laughs> you on that <laughs> Batman Returns is good as well I mean honestly they're all good um I worked in a cinema when Batman Begins came out and that was like so I've seen it like 10,000 times because because of that but that was like one of the only films um that I could watch under that under those sort of circumstances having to watch it like three times a day and, and never get sort of bored with it that was my that was my first real sort of, and so the dark knight i was yeah totally i was yeah really excited it's great as well and i think the third one's all right as well that got a bit a bit of a, a bit of a kicking when it came out but I just think it's, the logic of the third one sort of pulls it apart where it feels like he was he was he had themes in mind and so whatever would help him put yeah. those themes across he was going to do even if it like didn't make yeah. sense I'm like mm. I don't yeah, I know that fair. you can keep a police force underground for months at a time in the same clothes <laughs> and have them come storming out. Everyone clean. I'd love to see a spin-off just set in that in those caves with those cops. <laughs> <Like six months. laughs> It'd be like a Lord of the Flies yeah. just fucking getting mad. Like, so if Gordon Levitt is just there, like, oh my god. Um yeah. Clean shaven as well. I mean, what the fuck? I, I will accept a guy in a bat suit, but a police running out of a, a sewer, clean shaven, not having it. So, Joe, I have sent you a link to our big decision wheel. Oh, well, I wondered how you did it. But... <laughs> and you, you spin it, and it's going to be Will's scene for next week. So, Podbot, cue wheel music. It's already playing, you deaf idiot. Shut up, Podbot. Spin it with love, Joe. That's all I'd say. Wait. Spin it with love. <laughs> is this actually, I've just got a picture of a wheel, he said. Oh, no. Oh, it's Wait. It's just live, folks. Let me figure it. Because we've been <laughs> away for so long, I can't remember how to send the bloody wheel. Yeah, man, that's just a picture of a wheel. Let me do it. Oh, God. <laughs> Usually when send Kevin send me links, it's just a nude pictures of cats. <laughs> cats, cats. Cats in provocative poses. <laughs> it's an erotic uh, feline right, yeah, yeah. feast. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is always the way it goes. Oh no, wrong link again. Whoops. Oh, no, so sorry. I don't know. I don't even remember. Podbot, delete all that. You must be joking. <laughs> oh god. I have sent it to you there, Joe. Thank you, Podbot. Here we yeah. go. And yes, um, for anyone out there uh, who thinks we've forgotten something. Tweet us, and we will read your tweets. <laughs> I can't say I'm any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just downloading the app that you sent me from the app. Well, you don't need to do that. Oh. I think you just open it on... Um... It's an, I've got it now. I've got okay, it. Okay, okay. Oh, I bet yeah, you, yeah, if, yeah. It's, I... if it's like me, Kevin, it mightn't work. It might have to be done in a browser. Um, because you used yeah. to send me the link, on, and I used to open it on my phone, and it wouldn't work. Yeah. 
So I think you need to. Oh no, I've got it. No, I've got it now. I'm, just, oh, I'm trying good. to like manipulate it. It's the best eye boy scene. Oh, oh yeah, it does yeah. work. Oh wow! <laughs> for the ritual. Uh, okay, wait. So I just press spin. Oh Jesus Christ! Three, oh. two, one, spin. Sweet Jesus. It's Will, you've got to be excited for this. We're too excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, like, I can't oh. wait. I can't oh, this is good, man. This is a good one. Has it spun? Best. Great. It's spun. It's spun and done. It's best World War II scene. Oh, <laughs> whoa, that's very. You know what? Yeah, sometimes when you get something and you go, yes, I'm delighted. But then I re- immediately just assess the amount of research that it entails. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, <laughs> shit. But I am thrilled kevin can i recruit your dad as my research assistant <laughs> my dad he's... like has watched every single fucking thing there is to, that exists in the world about world war ii whether it's dramatic tv shows or documentaries or fucking everything um uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I went through like a, a real phase of like watching world war ii in color the documentary on netflix is like my relaxation show which one i could get to see world war ii in color oh yeah very, very, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah joe while i have you here right um yeah. can you give me your best can you i know you're not your best but can you throw something at me give me uh uh a help on world war ii scene what's where's your mind go yeah best world war II i mean so like it's quite i mean it instantly goes like saving private ryan which is like quite obvious more spielberg but yeah. i always feel like that's his fault he's made like about 40 films no he's made too many good movies yeah Michael Fass- the Michael Fassbender like basement shootout in oh amazing yeah. that's fucking sweet isn't it yeah great. I also think like Kelly's Heroes no do you know what I, I always really like the ones that are set in snow for some reason it's like any film yeah. set in snow but there's what's where that Eagles one like, Dare. One? where Eagles Dare mm-hmm. and is that the one where they have to no where Eagles Dare is the Clint, Clint Eastwood one isn't it mm-hmm. and then there's the one where they have to blow up the thing in Norway oh the one with um, around. yeah yeah one? yeah with Michael Douglas's dad yeah Her- right 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 yeah, yeah. oh I can't Her- remember that one Based on a true story. Well, I suppose they are there. <laughs> yes, Kevin. They are all based on true stories. Well, <laughs> except Hellboy. Except Hellboy. That's all I will yeah. say. Right? The, pre, the, the opening to Hellboy. But, Accepting um, glorious bastards. They are gotchy. <laughs> but Joe, thank you so much. That's given me good help. Joe, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, at Joe Barton underscore. Um, and that's that's the best place you can you can find me there. And you have a bunch of films which are Giri Haji for anyone uh, who hasn't seen it is I suppose event TV show you'd call it like a, a mini series. Say that again, Kevin. Say say that say, yeah. that, say that say the title again. Giri Haji. Giri Haji. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's on Netflix, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. If you've not seen it, well, I actually have you anything. But when it gets to oh my god. I can't believe you just said that in front of Joe. Joe, I'm so, so embarrassed. I, Joe knows <laughs> how what few, what, like how little time I have. So I've got World War, World War II films to watch by next yeah. Monday night, whatever it is. Yeah, but there's an amazing turn that happens uh, in uh, uh, towards the end of that show, which my jaw was on the floor. I didn't oh, know wow. you could do that. I didn't think that was possible. And it's amazing that you got away with that. And people that have seen it, uh, know what I'm talking about but um, did, actually well I've got you before I let you go did you have any sort of convincing to do with the, the powers that be to get that on screen uh, no we didn't actually do you know what it was really um, I didn't realise it at the time I'm realising it now uh, but at the time I didn't realise how like blessed that entire production was it was really easy and, and everyone was really supportive and Netflix and BBC and the producers and everyone was just like it was a very creatively um welcoming sort of environment so yeah when i sort of suggested suggested doing that 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 thing i don't know why we're being so quiet about it. like we'll say what the because i because i haven't seen it that's the thing <laughs> yeah, i'm like don't fucking spoil it or i'll come for you there's like a hundred person shagaton that happens <laughs> yeah and it is amazing but no that's definitely worth recommending and the ritual is a great monster movie that you did and um yeah you've you seem to be jumping all over the place in terms of genre and working in different mediums but um listen thanks a million for coming on and i know you're incredibly busy uh cheers joe great that was really fun yeah well um thanks for having me back next week best world war ii scene thank you i'm glad it's you not me oh god come here good luck thanks joe take care everyone cheers guys done 
They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. The Best Bits Podcast is produced by Will and Kevin. All audio clips and music heard in this episode is the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. If you have any notes, comments, scene suggestions, or just want to get in touch with us, email us at bestbitspodcast at gmail.com. I love the pop bar as well. Likewise, my dude. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Fuck up. <laughs> Talk to you, you stupid cunt. The best As fuck with Kevin Lee Hand. Jesus. How are you, Will? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm grand. Did you like that theme tune? I love that theme tune. It might have been my favourite so far. Uh, <laughs> I think it was as well. <laughs> definitely, I'd say it's definitely your favourite. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was at one of the great Irish traditions at the weekend. My niece's communion down at Cork. Cork. Go on. I can't wait. Well, I want to say this, right? Kevin just slips limply. <laughs> I said to my I, I said to my daughter uh, in school on Monday mornings they do news. What's your news, right? Nudes and bio. And my my daughter said she kept my picture up from school, and she said um, I said did you do your news today? And she says yeah, but I didn't really get to say much of what I wanted to, to tell him. You know, so she wanted to tell him about the trip down to Cork, like you know. And as it has Is this just a ploy for the teacher to get all the gossip about the kids? Yeah, I think all the teachers do it. All the teachers get their children to do news on a Monday morning and they just get all the gossip. My mum and dad were reaching the head off each other on Saturday night (laughs) and on Sunday they went for dinner to make up. Oh, that's very good. (laughs) Carmel, do you have any news? My dad crashed the car again. (laughs) Let me tell you, right? So Ellie said to me, she said, no, I didn't really get to say much, like, you know. And I went, oh, well, thank God, like, you know. But then as it turned out, it turned out she said everything. She was like going, oh, we talked about, you know, your, I, I, I said, well, thank God you didn't get to tell me about my, my shaving foam exploding in my, in my changing bag. She says, oh, I did get to tell him that. I was like, oh, right. Okay. Well, did you tell him about, you know, your, your cousin, you know, the girl who was getting her communion, breaking her leg the night before the communion? Oh yeah. I told her, told him that as well. I was like, okay, right. Did you tell him about, <laughs> did you tell him? So turns out, turns out that my, go on. <laughs> at the last communion, at the last communion, right? They had a photographer, a, a photographer came over and took photographs and right, listen, listen, I can see he wants to cut in, but let me just finish this and I'll be, I'll get off it. We'll start the timer. As we kind of got together for timer a photograph started. with me and my niece, now, hold on, with my niece, right? He drops the camera, right? He drops the camera and he says to me, love the podcast. And I was, what? <laughs> he just, Another fella yeah. said that to you. Well, it was the same guy who said, remember I, t- I said two years ago. So he's still listening? Nieces, I don't know if he's Fucking still listening. Oh, well, he said it to me two years ago. So he pr- he's probably not listening anymore. Are we on a delay? <laughs> I don't know. I think we might be because we're tripping over each other. Okay, let's, let's uh, hang up and join again. How does that sound? This sounds fantastic. Mini bits. Welcome to the best bits. Patreon. Give us money. 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 Hello, Will. How are you? Hi. It's great to get on mic for another mini bits. Yeah. Raw. 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 Does that seem better? That does seem better. Listen, oh, I've okay. seen a load of stuff. Let's start the timer. Okay. I saw Monkey Man. I saw Civil War. I saw Conor Brian Must Go. Sugar, mm-hmm. Fallout, Ripley, the Steve Martin documentary, tons of stuff. L- yeah. la- Late Night with the Devil. I keep wanting to say Last Night with the Devil. Baby Reindeer, The Jinx has come back. So I want to talk about all of those with you. So that's what we're going to talk about. And yeah. for those who aren't on the Patreon, bye-bye. <laughs> look, tough look. Look. <laughs>